all of our guests today. You're a guest with us this morning, first time, first couple of times. We are so glad to have you with us today. Thank you so much for being here. And uh, for all of you that are joining us online, we welcome you as a part of this service wherever, wherever you're joining us from today as well. Praise God. If you're able to, if you would stand as ready to read some scriptures here as we continue on in this service and believe that the Spirit of the Lord has more that He wants to do in this place today. John chapter 3, I'm going to begin reading with verse number 1, and um, some of you are going to kind of assume you know where I'm going, but hang on, I'm not quite going where you may think I am. But John chapter 3, some some very important words, and uh, of course it's in this, it's in John chapter 3 that we find, um, if we were going to play Family Feud today, and if the question was 100 people were surveyed and asked what is the most famous verse in the Bible, I'd hit the buzzer and I would guess John 3.16. I think for the world, I think John 3.16 is probably the most. There's a lot of people that don't go to church faithfully that could quote John 3.16. One of the things that is so amazing to me about John 3.16 is we find in, in the Gospels that Jesus ministered and spoke in a lot of different settings. Some of those settings was to, the Bible called them multitudes, perhaps thousands of people. But, but what is the most, to me, probably the most well-known verse in all of the Bible was not spoken to the multitudes. It was actually spoken to one single individual in the secrecy of a meeting at night. And it, to me, that just goes to show you that even though the verse says, God so loved the world, He took the time to say that to one single individual to show that while he loved the world how interested he is in the life of one individual so John 3 verse 1 says this there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus a ruler of the Jews the same came to Jesus by night and said unto him Rabbi we know that thou art a teacher come from God for No man can do these miracles that you do except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter again? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto you, you must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. I want to I talk to you, preach to you for a little bit this morning on the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. Of God. God, I thank you so much for your amazing presence that's in this place. Lord, I believe we have encountered your presence today, and 
not that we have just felt your presence for some neat little experience, but we have experienced your touch, your power. God, I realize we may not know them right now, but I believe there will be testimonies that will come forth of what you have done in this place today. Sickness, diseases, issues in bodies that you have healed, and I thank you for that. God, I believe that you also desire to minister to us through your word today, that you want to speak to our hearts and our lives. So I trust you to do that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Let me be a messenger, God, that can deliver what you would desire to say here today. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I want to read these verses or most of these verses to you from a couple other translations just to get a little more flavor of what is being said here. And the first one is the Amplified Bible. In verse number 3 it says, Jesus answered him, I assure you, most solemnly I tell you that unless a person is born again, anew from above, he cannot ever see, know, be acquainted with and experience the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter his mother's womb again and be born? Jesus answered, I assure you, most solemnly I tell you, unless a man is born of water and even the Spirit, he cannot ever enter the kingdom of God. What is born of or from the flesh is flesh, of the physical is physical, and what is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not, do not be surprised or astonished at my telling you, you must all be born anew from above. The wind blows or breathes where it wills, and though you hear its sound, yet you, know, yet you neither know where it comes from nor where it is going. So it is with every one who is born of the Spirit. And then the Message Bible says these verses this way, starting with verse number 1. There was a man of the Pharisee sect, Nicodemus, a prominent leader among the Jews. Late one night he visited Jesus and said, Rabbi, we all know you're a teacher straight from God. No one could do all the God-pointing, God-revealing acts you do if God weren't in on it. Jesus said, you're absolutely right. Take it from me, unless a a person is born from above, it's not possible to see what I'm pointing to, to God's kingdom. How can anyone, said Nicodemus, be born who has already been born and grown up? You can't re-enter your mother's womb and be born again. What are you saying with this born from above talk? (laughs) Jesus said you're not listening I want you to listen to this verse, and and I I really love the way it says this verse in in the Message Bible here, because some of you will recognize, when you hear this verse, you'll recognize something in Scripture, which I'm going to show you clearly in a moment, but you'll, you'll recognize something in Scripture that this sounds exactly like. So the Message Bible says, Jesus said, you're not listening. Let me say it again, unless a person submits to this original creation. Now watch this. The wind hovering over the water creation. Anybody know anything sounds a little bit like that? Yeah. The wind hovering over the water creation. The invisible moving the visible, a baptism into a new life. It's not possible to enter God's kingdom. So what that sounds very similar to is this. The first two verses of the Bible. 
In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Now, one more time, the message Bible says the wind hovering over the water creation. Verse number two, and the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. From the very beginning of time, we got a glimpse of the, of the, of, of salvation. From the very beginning of time, God was demonstrating, I'm going to do this in creation. I'm going to do this in nature. But really what I'm trying to do is I want to give you a glimpse of what I'm eventually going to do in an individual life. Because until you are born again, until you are born again, we are all, like Genesis describes, without form and void and darkness. That's all of us. B.C., before Christ, that's all of us. Doesn't matter if you were raised a good person or if you were the, if you were raised one of the worst people in the world. Doesn't matter if you were a goody two shoes or if you got put out of every school you ever went to. We were all in darkness because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. For those of you that don't know me, please don't take this as a braggadocious, arrogant statement, but I think I could be, I think I could compete with a lot of people for being a good person. Your guest today, my parents came to Annapolis in 1970 and started this church and born and raised in church all my life, been in church all my life. But all, all have sinned. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Some of the most difficult people to ever see their need of salvation are all the good people. I would, I would propose to you today that it's all the good people that have a greater need of salvation than all the bad people. Because all the bad people know they're bad and know they can't change themselves. They can't fix themselves. But all the good people think, well, I'm a good person. I don't, I don't need, I don't need anything. I've got this all together. But Jesus said, there is none. None. That's my simple answer to to the question, why do bad things happen to good people? Bad things don't happen to good people. There are no good people. That's what Jesus said. We all are in need. So we all were without form and void and darkness. And, And some of you, that darkness, you know, the Bible talks about gross darkness. So maybe some of you were in a darkness that was darker than some other people. But all of us needed the Spirit to hover over our darkness and the void and the emptiness and and to do something. And I can tell you today, if God can do that with creation, I don't believe in evolution. I don't think we got here by the Big Bang. I got to think ahead better. Actually, I do think we got here by a Big Bang. Because I think when God said, 
As Genesis said, that was about as big of a bang as you can get. Because when the voice of the Almighty God speaks, it doesn't matter how big something looks. It doesn't matter how difficult difficult something looks. With God, all things are possible. So where Jesus is telling Nicodemus what you got to do to be born or to, to enter the kingdom, he's taking him back to what it all started as. One of the things that, that amazes me, every, I, I, I think about it fairly often. We gather together Sunday morning, Sunday night, Thursday night, other situations and circumstances. We gather together at a church and looking around, you have no idea. Where people in this place have come from. And and the last several years, anybody ever read, you know, some of those books about people's lives and what they've been through and overcame? And you're like, wow, that is. I'm telling you, there are people sitting in this room right now that books could be written about their lives, movies could be made about their lives. You would have no idea because. The Spirit hovered over the darkness and the emptiness of their lives and began to form something out of that that has now has something of value and purpose. And you would never know what a person used to be based on what they look like or how they act right now. I've been, again, I'm born and raised in this. I literally was in church within the first week of my life. My mother played the organ for 35 plus years. And so within a week, she was, she was back in church and, and, and I'm pretty sure back on the organ within. I know that's crazy, but you should know my mom. (laughs) This is all I've ever known. I've witnessed hundreds and hundreds of people be baptized in Jesus' name in my lifetime. But I got to tell you, every now and then I'm like, I mean, I know it's real. I know the Bible says it. I believe in it. But it's like, you know, every now and then the devil shows up at my house like he shows up at your house. He messes with my mind the same way. I have no exemptions. (laughs) But I'm not going to tell any details or whatever else, but... Rebecca, I know you love my wife and I, so you'll have to forgive me for this. But I sat, we sat for the cup for a couple of hours with, with with Sister Rebecca on on Friday, and once again I walked away going, "Man, I I know just like what we did earlier with this oil doesn't make any sense. I know." I know taking somebody, we, if you're a guest today where that window is in the back, that's where our baptistry is. And, and, and we believe that according to scripture, you're supposed to be submerged completely under because of what baptism represents. And, and I, I read this again the other day and I'm, I'm very sorry. I know this, some of you may have heard this. You may be even believe, believe this, but I don't know of anything in scripture that tells us that baptism has anything to do with some kind of public confession and statement of faith. If that's one of the main reasons for baptism, then just go read where Philip told the Ethiopian eunuch to be baptized. They were in the middle of nowhere, just them. There wasn't a crowd. There wasn't people to watch. Because what baptism represents, it's not just some neat little demonstration of I believe. 
I told you all not to jump to conclusions of where I'm going. I should have kept my mouth shut because here I go. Can I tell you, I, I'm, way off the, I'm way off where I thought I would be by now. We'll see if we ever get there. If not, then hopefully I can use it next week. <laughs> can I tell you today, I think in our world, the, the term born-again believers has become an, an, a niche in Christianity. And people who, who are Christians and profess Christianities, Christianity will ask other people, well, are you a born-again believer? Really, I think that's a trick of the enemy because he's taken what wasn't supposed to be just some unique little group of Christians. Because when Jesus was telling Nicodemus, you must be born again, he wasn't saying, you know, that's just a nice little term that some can use and others may not use it. No, he said, if you want to see the kingdom and if you want to enter the kingdom, then you must be born again. You must be born again of water and of spirit. I don't have time to get into all of it this morning, but I believe part of what that means when he says you must be born again of the water and of the spirit, that you are supposed to be baptized in his name, in water, and you're supposed to be filled with his spirit. And so what baptism represents is more than just a public demonstration of faith. What baptism represents is this. Paul said in Corinthians that the gospel, the good news, is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Why is that good news? Because that's the only thing in the world that can deliver you from your sin. That's the only thing in the world that can save you. That's the only thing in the world that can give you hope. We've had people, I, I, I was just talking to somebody, the other, I forget who it was, maybe somebody here, my apologies. I'm 51 now, so I forget a lot. <laughs> I was just talking to somebody, Any, anybody here, that, that you were baptized years ago out, out at Jonah's Green Park? We got anybody here? Brother Savage? There was a point in time in which we didn't have nice baptistries and all that, and, and they, they were out in, the, out, in the, out in Jonah's Green Park out at Severn River. It doesn't matter where. You, you, there's nothing special about that water back there, that tank. There's no secret formula in it. There's, it doesn't matter. You can get baptized in that baptistry. You can get baptized in a hot tub, swimming pool, a creek if you're from the south, whatever. It doesn't matter. Because ultimately it's not about the, the water. It's about what it represents and what you're doing. And Sister Rebecca shared with us Several months ago, she got, she got baptized, and, and just instantly, all kinds of stuff was just gone. Just gone. Just gone. I know, maybe you said, boy, you, you guys are some, you're, you're, you're hyping people up, preacher. I, I get it, you know, I mean, if you want to think that, that's fine. I mean, it's kind of crazy. It's okay at a, at a ball game for them to put up on the big screen, make noise, shout. That's okay for them to get loud there. That's all right for something that you don't know if it's going to be successful or not. If you don't know it, all of that was actually stolen. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Oh, clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Sing unto the Lord a new song. Lift your hands in the sanctuary. 
Man, when I tell you this is not going the way I thought it was going to go this morning, this is not going the way I thought it was going this morning. I've heard it. I've heard it. I, I, I was, I was, uh, I think I was seven years old when I got baptized. You know, I mean, no offense, but what have you really done at seven? But I believed and it was legit. It was real. Didn't matter. I did it by faith and it worked. So I, I didn't really have this experience like others, but all my life I've heard it said one of several ways. One way I've heard it said is people get baptized and, and they come up out of the water and when it's all said and done, they say, they say, I feel like a load. I feel like a load was lifted. Do you know why they feel like a load was lifted? Because a load was lifted. Because there's no load like the load of sin. There's no weight like the weight of sin. And the only thing that's able to take care of your sin, and it can take care of your sin, is the blood of Jesus Christ. And the other one that I've heard is, I feel so clean. And here's the thing about that one that amazes me. We don't all, we haven't always had a filtered nice baptistry. I'm not trying to be gross or disgusting, but there have been a few times I went to baptize somebody. I was like, Lord, please let momentary blindness come on them. It was a film on the surface of the, I'm not trying to be gross. I'm just telling you, when somebody comes out of that and then says, I feel so clean. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I, I, I said it already in this service. I can't, I can't explain why or what may happen when you take some old olive oil bought from the grocery store and dab a little bit of some. I can't explain that. I can't tell you why or how it works. All I know is there's a lot of stuff in here that I really can't tell you how or why. And yeah, there's some crazy stuff in here. But I know this. I've been around long enough to see that what he's done before, he can do again. Because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Well, let, let me let me see if I can get back here. <laughs> so back to the message Bible, verse number 6. When you look at a baby, it's just that, a body you can look at and touch, but the person who takes shape within is formed by something you can't see and touch, the spirit, and becomes a living spirit. So don't be surprised when I tell you that you have to be born from above, out of this world, so to speak. You know well enough how the wind blows this way and that. You hear it rustling through the trees, but you have no idea where it comes from or where it is headed next that's the way it is with everyone born from above by the wind of God the spirit of God so Jesus Jesus says this in Matthew 16 and verse number 17 this is an encounter he's having with his disciples and right now he's specifically talking to Peter and he says this Jesus answered the verses before this, he said, he said, he asked the disciples two questions. The first question he asked his disciples was this, 
who do men say that I am? Can you imagine in 2023 with social media and all that if, you, if we ask that question today? But he asked them this question because I, I think what he was doing, he was establishing that, that they knew what everybody said. And neighbors, you know, some say you're Elijah, some say you're, you know, you're a great teacher, you're a prophet, this, that. They, they knew, his, his, his disciples knew what everybody said about him. And so then he asked the second question, and I think what he was saying was, okay, now that we have established that you know what everybody is saying about me, here's what I want to know. What do you say? What do you say? Are you just going to repeat what they say? Are you going to be swayed by what they say? Or what do you say? And Peter responds and he says, You are the Christ. You are the Son of the living God. You are, you are the one we've been looking for. You're the one we've been waiting for. And so in response to that, Jesus says, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Now, now watch this, verse number 18. I say also, and this is Jesus speaking, I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. What, what I want you to see is this. The church and the kingdom of God are not synonymous. And the problem is this, too many people have a very low opinion of what the church is. First of all, they don't understand the significance of the church. I'm not talking about a church with some lay, I'm talking about whatever the church is according to the word of God. They don't have an understanding, but then they don't understand there's something even bigger. If you don't know this or if you're not really aware of this, the Bible wasn't written originally in English. It was written in other languages, the Old Testament primarily in Hebrew, the New Testament primarily in Greek. So if you ever, and there's a lot of tools out there, it's very easy to do it, but you can look up in the Greek or the Hebrew what the, what, what the, what the original word is. So it's not a coincidence. It's, it's, not, a, it's not just the... You know, just something to ignore that Jesus did not say to Nicodemus. He did not say to Nicodemus, except a man be born again, he can't see the church. And he also did not say, except a man be born again, he cannot enter the church. He said the kingdom. Because the church is a part of the kingdom. But the kingdom is bigger than the church. The word kingdom in the original language means royalty, rule, a realm. It's, 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 it's bigger than a, than a local congregation. It's, it's bigger than that. 
I've tried all week long as I have felt this this direction for this morning, and I, I don't I don't we don't have a book of sermons that we are given or told to preach. I we we find out try to find out what the Lord wants us to preach, and so as I have listened all week long and prayed and prepared for this morning, I've tried to think all week long what. What 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 is kind of an analogy to try to give a, a, a an image of what's the church is not the kingdom and the kingdom bigger than the church and 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 I don't know if this is really the best one but this is the one that kind of it, it kind of came to me earlier this morning that it it's kind of like and some of you I'll, I'll I'll read this in a moment some of you'll know these terms but it's it's kind of like in the business world a, a a holding company or a parent company. In the business world, a holding company or a parent company, uh, a holding company is a parent company, usually a corporation or LLC, that is created to buy and control the ownership interest of other companies. The companies that are owned or controlled by a corporation holding company or an LLC holding company are called subsidiaries. So in essence, the church is a subsidiary of the kingdom. Well, so, so let me, let me, let me, how many of you, how many, well, a bunch of people I'm sure know Facebook. So Facebook is a parent company of Instagram, WhatsApp, Oculus VR, and, and actually several others. It's the parent company. Those are, those are things that it does. Those are, those are expressions, if you will, of Facebook. I know I, I'm certain some of you will, because I know we got some folks here very, very knowledgeable when it comes to finance. How many of you? How many of you know or recognize Berkshire Hathaway Incorporated? Let's say how many of you have Berkshire Hathaway means nothing to you. Before me, before this morning, it really didn't mean much to me. So you're, I don't know if that means you're in good company or bad company. How about this? For those of you that don't know what Berkshire Hathaway is, anybody know what DQ is? Anybody ever had a blizzard? I guess I'm about to go to Dairy Queen because that looks like the only blizzard I'm about to get this year. I know some of y'all are loving winter this winter. This is Maryland. Talking to brother and sister Brandon before, sir. This is Maryland. It's supposed to get cold. We're supposed to have snow. Go to Florida. Go to the islands. This is Maryland. There's nothing that makes me. I say nothing. That's a, that's definitely hyperbole. There are a few things that make me need to go pray through more than rain in the middle of January and February. And this is what really bothers me. All of you that don't like the cold and get warm days in the, in the, in the winter, how come we don't get some snow in the summer to even it out? Amen. Amen. I know, I, like, what in the, it's all right, I'm just kind of giving you, you know. Kind of like when the doctor's like, the dentist is like, oh, right, you can close your mouth for a few moments. I'm a, so I'm, I'm. How about, how about Geico? Yeah. So, so Berkshire Hathaway is the, it's the holding, it's the parent company. So the church 
is just a way. You see, to have a kingdom, what do you need? You can't have a kingdom, you don't have a king. And so the church is just a way for the king of kings and the Lord of lords to be able to do some things in this earth. But you're not here today, and, and if you're a part of a church, or you're not a part of a church, and, and, and hopefully you like us, and maybe you think about joining us. I don't want you to just join a church. That's why so many people are stopped, have stopped going to church, and church attendance is on the decline, because people don't understand there's something way bigger than the church. The church is an awesome thing, but the kingdom of God is beyond the church. I'll give you what I think is an example of the, of, of the kingdom before, even before the church, and, and that's the story of Noah. Noah was in a crazy world. It was a messed up world. But Noah understood there's something bigger than what I see. There's something bigger than what's going on in the world around me. If you don't know Jesus, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I do not know how you live without fear and torment and anxiety. I gotta be honest, and I don't want to disappoint any of you or disillusion any of you, but most days I basically do a quick run through of some headlines just to see if there's. I'm not interested in reading all about all the stuff going. Well, how come you're not re- interested in reading all about it, preacher? You need to know what's going on in your world. Why? So I can be full of anxiety like you. And I can be depressed and discouraged by, if I didn't know there was an answer to that, I'd be unkind saying that. But since I know we, we, it was a part of a line in a song this morning, and that is the name, it wasn't exactly in there this way, but this is what it was referring to. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. Psalm says, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Remember what it was like to be a kid on the playground and some other kid is messing with you? What's the response to that eventually if it's not working out? I'm going to go get my dad. Because my dad is bigger than your dad. I got to tell you, my sons, hopefully they didn't say that. Because at 5'9", there's a lot of guys that are a lot bigger than I am. But that didn't really, in their mind, in their mind, my dad can handle this. Isn't it interesting, and I don't know if I'm going to get there or not. It's in my notes for a reason, but I don't know if I'm going to get there. When, when, when Jesus taught the disciples how to pray, when he taught them how to pray, and, 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 and I don't know if I'll get there this morning, so I'll just go ahead and say it. This isn't the Lord's Prayer. If you want to know what the Lord's Prayer is, the Lord's Prayer, to me, there's two things that were the Lord's Prayer. One of them was that laborers would go forth into the harvest to, to, to reach people that needed Jesus. 
And the other thing that was the Lord's prayer was that there would be unity and among His... That was... So this is not the Lord's prayer. This is the pattern the Lord gave us to pray. And it wasn't intended to just be something to... I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. And I, I've been in situations where it's been repeated. And I've felt the presence of God. So I'm, I'm not criticizing that. I'm just saying that's not ultimately what we're supposed to do with it. In, 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 in Matthew 6 and 9, and they ask him, how do we pray? He said, after this manner, after this pattern, this model... And isn't it amazing out of all of the things throughout all of the Bible that God is described as being and, 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 and titles and, 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 and symbols that represent God. What is, what is the thing He said there that you're supposed to pray? The context of your prayer is supposed to be our Father. I realize there's people in this place this morning that when you hear that, your response is probably like, well, if he's a father, I ain't got no interest in him. I understand that. And then there's others in this place that you hear that he's our heavenly father. You're like, wow, I'll take that. Because you've had a good father. And, if, and, if, and, and if, if a natural father has been a good father, how much more can the heavenly father? But really, the, the bigger concern is those of you that may not have had a good earthly father. I, I beg you today, don't judge your heavenly father by your earthly father. So why, why is it that a, that, a, that a child of God can walk through the chaos and craziness of this world and not be afraid of what's going on? Because... I'll just go get my dad. I'm going to go get my dad. It doesn't matter what's going on. My, my dad can handle it. Because with my dad, all things are possible. With my dad, he can heal sickness and he can break chains of addiction and he can, he can provide where needs are and, and he can do anything. So therefore... We should not have to live in fear and worry and doubt of what's going on in this world because of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. How many people miss the kingdom because they're, they're content or maybe they just don't realize there's, there, there's more to the kingdom than just visiting a church service every week or just even being faithfully committed to a church. The kingdom of God is, Paul says it this way in, in, in Romans 14 and verse 17, the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. The kingdom of God. Back to the back to my point about just skimming the news and just I, I don't I, I don't know all the details, whatever, but I, I apparently just I guess in the last twenty four, forty eight hours uh, what is thought to be spy satellite or whatever from China got shot down. Not not somewhere else. Spy balloon got shot down over the land of the free. And the home of the brave. Although I'm going to flip this. Maybe some of you need to go make sure you're reading the news. Because you need to know our world is a mess. You need to know that it's actually not 
looking like it's going to get much better. As I've said already, there's darkness, but the Scripture says there's gross darkness that's going to come in the earth. But Jesus also said, or or the Lord said through John in John chapter 1, that the light shines into darkness. That's, That's the kingdom. The kingdom is wherever you go, where you don't, it's not about what being at church, but wherever you go, the job, your neighborhood, the restaurant, the mall, the store, where you go, there is light because you are a part of the kingdom. And you may not always be able to physically see the evidence of that, but you know what? The spiritual preceded the natural. God is a spirit. The devil loves nothing more. For you to think that the supernatural is not real, it's just made up, it's just... That's what he wants you to think, because he knows if you think that, then you know, he not, at that point, he doesn't have to worry about you. It's those that recognize, it's like my wife said this morning when she overheard what that tech said to the other tech. That's, that's, that's where something kicks in. No, not today. No, you're not getting my mind today. You're not getting a hold of my thoughts today. You're, you know, I'm, I'm not becoming a place for fear to reside today because I'm a part of the kingdom. I'm in the kingdom. And, and a doctor's diagnosis doesn't supersede what the king says. An economic forecast by the government doesn't supersede what the king says. There are stories in this Bible where there was famines going on and everybody was hungry except for those that had a connection to the kingdom. And those that had a connection to the kingdom in ways that didn't make sense, God supernaturally provided. Kingdom. There's not time today, and quite honestly, I don't think I really even have the ability to fully communicate to you the significance and what is available to you in the kingdom of God. Nicodemus, unless you're born again, you can't, first of all, you can't even see. That's why one of the, one of the biggest mistakes that believers can make is, is judging the reality and the truthfulness of God by what everybody else thinks or says. I've used this analogy many times, but I, I remember as a teenager, uh, when, when not too long after the Annapolis Mall was opened, and for several years there was this store, it was a, I think they did framing for pictures and uh, stuff, but they also sold artwork, and, and there was this period of time in which there was these, it's kind of a popular thing, there was these pictures that when you looked at them at first glance, it looked like chaos, kind of like Genesis 1. (laughs) It didn't look like anything but a bunch of just nothingness. But the deal was if you stood there like two or three feet away and you just stared, you see what had to happen was you had to basically stop focusing on all the chaos. And the longer you did that, all of a sudden you would notice in the background there was, there was images that would start to take shape. I think one of them, if I recall correctly, one of them was the Statue of Liberty in the, in the New York skyline. 
You know what was really crazy is if you're standing there and everybody's just passing by, you stand there and if you got a friend with you or something, you're like, wow, it's the Statue of Liberty. And look, look I, see, I see the World Trade Towers and everybody's walking by is going, somebody needs to call Crownsville. We got an escapee. That's really the way this God thing is for the world. What are, what are you people doing? Why are you acting this way? Why do you, why do you live the way you live? Why do you do the things you do? Why, why? Because I, I've kind of looked past. I've seen past all the chaos and the confusion and, 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 and where sin abounds in this world. I, I've seen that grace doth much more abound. And, and where there's all these things going on in my world, I've seen that everything works together for good in my life because God is in control of it all. I've seen beyond what I may be able to see around me. That's the kingdom. That's the kingdom. Demons, you got to be born again and see it, and then, and then if you're going to enter it, you got to, you got to be born again. And Nicodemus, there's some, there's some stuff to see in the kingdom. There's some things to experience in the kingdom. Remember that thing I started with or said early on: God so loved the world. There's a whole lot of stuff in the kingdom, but, but God wants to show you some things in your life personally. He wants you to, the verse that my wife read, they overcame Him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. I appreciate your testimony of what God's done for you. I, I appreciate your testimony of how God's answered your prayers and how God saved you. But I'm not here today. I don't do what I do today because of your testimonies. That may have sparked faith in me and what God can do, but I'm here now because of my testimony. I don't know how many times I've said this now in my years of ministry, but my favorite verse in all of the Bible is found in Job chapter 42 and verse number 5. And after everything Job went through, all the trials and difficulties, he says this, I heard of you with my ear. But now I have seen you with my own eyes. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. And so all faith in God, it has to start with hearing. That's where it's, it has to start there. But can I tell you, there is an unshakable faith. And that is a faith that's not based on just what you've heard. But a faith that is based on what you've seen. If the only reason you believe God is a healer because of what you read in the Bible or because what you've heard other people say He's done for them, I will tell you there's a chance that faith can be shaky. My faith today that God is a healer has nothing to do with who else God has healed. My faith today that God is a healer has to do with the things that in my own personal life God has healed me from. So I know, not just because I've heard, but because I've seen. You understand, I don't know who you are today, where you come from, what's going on in your life, how good or how bad of a person you are from the world standard. God wants you to personally see and experience 
want you to stand if you would please just a moment I want to give an invitation and I know for some it won't be the most comfortable thing to possibly do but I want to give an invitation to those today a couple of different things Maybe you've already seen, maybe you've already experienced some of the kingdom, but you'd really like to see, you know, God, if there, if there's more, I'd really like to see it. I'd really like to experience it. I'm, I'm thankful for what I have. I'm thankful for what you've done, but I'm not satisfied. God, if there's more available in the kingdom for me, and I want that. Maybe maybe you're here today and you've never really, you haven't been born again yet. And you haven't really seen and you haven't entered the kingdom. Man, you don't, you don't know what you're missing. No, I'm not telling you today when you enter the kingdom of God, everything in life becomes perfect. My, my wife testified to that. Others can, that's not what I'm talking about. But I got to tell you when, you, when you really have your focus on the kingdom, there's a lot of that stuff that used to matter that doesn't matter anymore. Because you realize, wow, the, the kingdom is so much greater. So if I could ask those of you that are willing to, would you just, just right where you're standing, would you just bow your head and close your eyes for a moment? And, and, and I want to ask that if, if for no other reason, just maybe, maybe you don't really want to respond, and that's fine. But if somebody wants to, then maybe to help them feel a little more comfortable. I, let, let, me, let me also just say this before I, before I give this invitation that, this is not, if you're a guest today, what, what I'm saying right now and what I'm giving an invitation to, as I have just preached, that's not synonymous with asking you to join this church. What I'm about to give an invitation to is not an invitation to come join this church. Hopefully it goes without saying, if you want to be a part of this church, we, are, we would love to have you. We welcome you with open arms. But that's not, whether you join this church or not, I want you to see the kingdom. Whether you ever come back to this church or not, it's my desire for you to be able to see and experience the kingdom. So as heads are bowed and eyes are closed again, maybe you already entered the kingdom, but, but maybe you have, maybe you've gotten a little content or maybe you've gotten a little discontent, kind of questioning and doubting, but God wants you to know there, there's more in the kingdom I want you to see and experience. Or, or if you've never really entered the kingdom before, can I invite you right now to just kind of, as, as a demonstration of that desire and a step of faith, would you just, just step out of your seat and just come down to this front area we call the altar? area and if, if you want to kneel or stand that doesn't really whatever you're comfortable with you can do that but if you would just if you'd like to see and experience the kingdom and what that can mean in your life it's available it's available father i pray right now lord i pray especially for those that maybe they're they're struggling with faith Maybe, maybe the circumstances of their lives, the thing they, the things they've been through, or the things that they're even going through, Lord, cause them to question and doubt. But, but I pray, Lord, that, Lord, as, as the man said to you that he believed, but help his unbelief. Would you help somebody this morning to overcome whatever doubts or fears there may be that would try to come against their minds and prevent them from taking that step? In the name of Jesus, 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 in the name of Jesus.
you're not not totally comfortable taking that step right now, but you still have the desire, why don't you just just right where you are right now? There's no set way you got to say it. There's there's no special words. There's no special formula. You talk to him the same way you talk to a friend, the same way you talk to your husband or your wife. I want your kingdom in my life. I want to see your kingdom. I want to experience your kingdom. I I want the righteousness and the peace and the joy that's in your kingdom. I want that in my life, Lord. I want that in my life, Lord. I want your kingdom in my life. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We don't want to just hear about your kingdom, God. We want to experience your kingdom. Trust you for it today. There's peace in your kingdom, God. No matter what the circumstances may be, there's peace that's available in your kingdom. There's joy that's available in your kingdom, Lord. Your kingdom come today. We're going to continue singing and praying for a few more minutes. If if you need to go or you want to go at some point, you're welcome to. Thank you again for being here. If you don't have to go, would you would you just kind of just kind of linger in the presence of the Lord that's in this place and just let the Spirit of the Lord touch you right where you are. Let your kingdom come in my life, Lord. I want your righteousness. I want your peace. I want your joy. I want to experience the blessings and the benefits of your kingdom. I want to see. I want to enter your kingdom, what you have. In the name of Jesus. Your peace today, God. Your strength today. Your hope today, God, in every life in this place. The grace, God, to see beyond our circumstances, to see beyond the chaos and the confusion of our world. You are in control. You're in control. In the name of Jesus, we trust you today. Trust you today. Let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come in our lives today. Lord, let your kingdom come in our lives today. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Everything. Everything changes, Lord. Everything can change when your kingdom comes the name of Jesus.
Let your kingdom come in our lives, Lord. We want your rule and your reign in our lives because you're greater than everything. You're greater, you're greater, you're greater. 